Hey, this is Harrison. I am the pastor here at Kingdom Church. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. This is the first message in a brand new series entitled Chosen. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy. Let's give God our praise. Give God our worship. You guys may be seated. Man, if this is your first time at Kingdom Church, we are so excited that you are here. And we just want you to know at Kingdom Church, we are willing to do whatever it takes for you to experience who Jesus is. Uh, If you guys have your Bibles, if not, it's going to be on the screen behind you, barring any technical difficulties. Uh, We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is going to set the backdrop for what we're doing uh, today. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this. This is a letter. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life that he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. We're so excited uh, for you guys to be here. We are beginning our first sermon series here at Kingdom Church. Come on, somebody, our first series. For those of you guys like, what's the series? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, on Netflix when you just keep watching the same thing. Oh, and it's just, it's a series. So we have, uh, going to be a few weeks in this messages. Our sermon series is entitled Chosen. Chosen. And uh, we just believe that God has chosen each and every one of you guys for a purpose, a specific purpose. And uh, by the end of this series, we believe that you are going to see without a shadow of a doubt that you are chosen. It's interesting, every time I come up to speak, uh, this uh, projector seems to cut out behind us. Uh, That's because the devil doesn't want me to preach. But that means I got something to say. Come on, somebody. uh, I'm here, we're in church, and uh, I figured there's no better place to confess your sins than in church, so I'm here to confess my sins. I watched The Bachelor. (laughs) Calm down, Mom. We're in church, so I'll continue to confess my sins. I also watch Bachelor in Paradise. Like, pray for me, y'all. And I could sit here and tell you that I, you know, my wife makes me watch it, but I'm going to be real. I enjoy it. When Chris Harrison says it's going to be the most dramatic season yet, I'm like, I'm in. (laughs) We watch The Bachelor every once in a while. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know what The Bachelor is, uh, or The Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise, or Bachelor Winter Games. Someone stop me. <laughs> Sit down, Andrell. <laughs> For those of you who don't know anything about any of these shows, I'm assuming you don't have a television. Um, what The Bachelor is, uh, and switch the sex if there's Bachelor and Bachelorette, but what it is, is there's one lucky Bachelor Uh, And there's 25 contestants, 25 guys or 25 girls, and they're all vying for the heart of this one person. And it's just a sick show Um, because, like, literally this one person is going on dates with 25 different individuals. And so uh, it's funny, this past past winter, we were watching The Bachelorette, and uh, we were just kind of commenting to each other, Christy and I, like, it must be hard 
for these people to go on a date and then see them just turn around and go on a date with someone else. Like, that must be super, super hard. And I was like, yeah, that would be so hard. And then the next day I was thinking, and I was like, wait a second, Christy did the very thing to me. (laughs) You see, uh, Christy and I, we met, uh, Christy is my wife, uh, the beautiful lady in the front row. Somebody say, wow. Um, Awesome, we're back online. That's our chosen uh, graphic. Um, Christy, uh, we met at a Christian university. And for any of you guys that want to know what Christian university is all about, no one's there for an education. They're there to get married. Um, And so like, Literally, I'm not joking, like our, first, our freshman year of school, Christy thought she was the bachelorette. And there was just all these, all these men vying for her heart. And uh, I was one of these dumb guys that decided to join in the contest. Um, I didn't just say dumb, I'm the luckiest man on earth. Oh. <laughs> and so, like, back then, you had to do anything that you can, anything I could to talk to her. And so, uh, and around our university, there was these two lakes, these two large lakes. And uh, we used to talk about these lakes, and we would say things like, man, like, I would like this one lake, and she would like the other lake. Uh, and so we would just talk about these, these stupid lakes, and I'd be like, man, my lake is bigger than your lake. And she's like, my lake's bigger than your lake. Guess what? I didn't care about the lake. I wanted to talk to her, so I didn't, I'll talk about any lake you want to talk about. Somebody say Amen. And so we talked about these lakes, and I'll talk about whatever I have to talk about if I get to talk to Christy. And so we would talk about these lakes, and so one day I was like, you know, the only way for us to really see which lake is the best lake, we should go walk around them. If anyone needs relationship advice after, like, just come talk to me. Cause... And so we went on this, this long walk around these lakes after and uh, it was just a great romantic walk. She's looking good, I'm looking good, and uh, we're just... <laughs> just talking about life, and uh, it was like a two-hour walk, and literally after the walk, like, I'm on cloud nine. Like, I'm going to marry this girl. Like, Bruno Mars hadn't come out with that song yet, but I was going to marry, I was just, I was like on cloud nine. Christy apparently had other plans that evening, and uh, so like, I, 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 you know, I finished the walk on the lake. I'm thinking like, man, like, I'm planning our wedding vows, and can't wait till 2018, whenever, and and so she actually has this date lined up with a guy. Let's just call him Cody, because that was his name. Um, <laughs> and so she decides, you know, she had some other engagement, <laughs> the prior engagement that night. And uh, so as I, as I thought back and reflected on that story, I was like, yeah, actually, I can relate to these guys on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I know just what it was like. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know, how The Bachelor ends, uh, at the end of every season, uh, the, the Bachelor or The Bachelorette chooses someone, uh, and they propose to each other, they get married, divorce soon after. Um, and I have a theory about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, why these relationships don't last very long. And my theory is that the people not so much are in love with each other, they're just so happy that someone chose them, that feeling of being chosen is often kind of, uh, it replaces the actual love that they think that they're feeling. Uh, and the reason that I think that is because I believe, and understand this, I'm not saying it is wrong to be, feel good about being chosen. Uh, that's actually what I'm speaking about today. I believe that one of the best feelings that we will ever experience here on earth is that feeling of being chosen. It's one of the best things you'll ever experience. For those of you guys who don't know how the story ends, you should because she's sitting here. Christy chose... Me. 
because I'm the best. To be chosen is one of the best feelings. And for those of you guys who, who maybe are married, who are in a relationship, you guys can relate. It feels good when someone chooses you because they're saying, man, I like you. I like that person. And it feels good to be chosen. And it's not just in relationships. How many guys in sports were ever chosen to be on a team? It's an awesome feeling for those of you guys that were chosen last. I'm going to pray for you tonight because that's a terrible feeling. It feels good to be chosen. And so what we are embarking on for these next few weeks is our series, and it is entitled Chosen. And you see, friends, I believe that we have someone, every single person in this room has someone that has chosen them. And that person, I believe, is God. And God has chosen you, and he has marked you with a purpose. And what I want to do in this series is I want to unlock what that means to be chosen. What exactly does that look like? Because I believe that when we understand that we are chosen by the God who is the God of all gods, he's the name above all names, it will change the way we see ourselves. It'll change the way we live our lives. To be chosen by definition, I, I love looking up definitions because we think we know words, but we don't really know words. Uh, to be chosen means to be selected as the best or the most appropriate. Like I said, Christy chose me because I'm the best. <laughs> to be chosen means that you're the best or you're the most appropriate. And so what that means is that when God chooses you, and I want us to see today, and I want us to leave here believing that God has chosen you and God has marked you with a purpose for your life. But what that means when God chooses you is that God believes that you are the best for something. That means that God has set you apart for a specific purpose. And so today, I don't want anyone in this room leaving without knowing that they are chosen by God. They are chosen with a purpose. And so for our series, uh, we're going to be in a book called 2 Timothy. Uh, for those of you guys uh, who are new to the Bible, 2 Timothy is a book found in the New Testament, and it is written by a man named Paul. In case you were unaware, God did not write the Bible. Uh, there's authors for the Bible. And so Paul uh, wrote this book, 2 Timothy. And throughout this series, we're going to dig deeper into this book. Uh, and we're going to find out things. We're going to look at the background uh, and all that stuff. We're going to look at Paul's life, Timothy's life. Uh, but for today, what I want us to specifically see is just the very first, the very two, the first two verses of 2 Timothy. And in these verses, we're going to see uh, just how Paul addresses his letter. Uh, and so, like I said, as we go through this series, we'll dig more in depth into the background, into the context. But what you have to know for today is that Paul is writing this letter to a boy, a man, a young man, a young preacher named Timothy. And he has some advice for him. And what Paul wants Timothy to know throughout this letter is that God has chosen Timothy for a specific purpose. And he has a plan for Timothy. And so, like I said, we're only going to look at the very first two verses we're only going to look at the first two verses. I don't know what I'm trying to say, the very first two. We're only looking at two verses this morning. So 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, This letter is, po is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. This letter is from Paul. What's that word after that? Chosen. chosen. Can I, I can't hear you guys. That, Paul was? Chosen. Chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, like, yeah, of course God chose him. He wrote the Bible. Like, I'm sure God 
chose him. But you see, in order for us to understand the context and just the weight of these words, we have to know exactly who Paul is. Because words without context often lack meaning. If we don't know the background in which they were said, they lack meaning. That's why when you're younger, your parents, like, remember when you apologized? And they'd be like, well, why are you sorry? What are you sorry for? Your parents wanted you to let the other person know the context for which you were sorry. They want you to know the full picture. And so in order for us to understand just the weight of what it means when Paul says that God chose me, we have to understand who Paul is. We have to get a bigger picture of his life. It's like I listen to podcasts all the time. Anyone, any podcast fans out there? And after I listen to podcasts, I always go and Google the people because I want to see a picture of them. I want to learn more about their life. And I just want to have a better idea of who they were because once I know them and understand them, I'm able to, to, to have new meaning for the words that they spoke because I have a bigger picture of them. And so this morning, as we begin, I want us to get a better picture of who Paul was. You see, what we need to understand is this is the very last book that Paul will write before he is put to death. This is the last book that Paul writes. And so by this point in his life, Paul is a giant in the faith. He's a spiritual dude. People know that Paul is one of the leading disciples, one of the leading, uh, one of the leading leaders of Christianity. But Paul's life was not always like that. Paul was not always a Christian. In fact, his life was quite the opposite because at a time, Paul used to be a Jewish Pharisee. And for those of you guys who don't know what a Jewish Pharisee is, a Pharisee was just someone who was literally a religious person. That's what a Pharisee was. And so Paul was this religious person. And so as a Pharisee, Paul saw Christianity as a direct threat to the Jewish institution. And so Paul, prior to his conversion, prior to everything, Paul was actually one of the leading people trying to crush Christianity. He was trying to crush Christianity. And so in the book of Galatians, Paul gives us a little context for what he used to be like. He says this, he says, for you heard of my previous ways in my life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. So before Paul was a Christian, Paul was literally trying to kill Christianity. And it doesn't say it here, but in the book of Acts, we, we, we get witness of Paul putting someone to death, a martyr named Stephen. And so Paul not only tried to stop Christianity, he literally killed Christians. Some of you guys knew that, but you never really thought about it. Some of you guys, you're hearing it for the first time. Understand this, Paul, when you read the New Testament, Paul wrote over half of the books of the New Testament. And so what that means, if you ever read the New Testament and you flip it open, half of the books that you're reading are wrote, written by a murderer. Half of the books you read, Galatians, that's up there, 1 Timothy is written by a murderer. I want you to see the irony in this. The books that Christians have used for the last 2,000 years in order to be Christians are written by a man who was trying to crush Christianity. And so now understand these words back in 1 Timothy where it says that I was chosen by God. Paul is saying, I didn't apply for this position. I didn't even really want this position. I was chosen by God. I, Paul, the murderer, the one that was trying to kill Christians, was chosen by God. 
There's a point that I'm trying to bring forth here, friends. Because when you look at Paul's life, when you look at his resume, Paul should not have been a Christian. Paul should not have been one of the leading uh, authority, one of the leading disciples, one of the leading apostles of Christianity, yet God chose him. You see, friends, when it comes to being chosen, and I have a belief that every single one of us in this room was chosen by God. God does not choose us based on who we are. God does not choose us based on our resume. God does not pick us because of our pedigree. You are not picked because of your pedigree. Every single one of you in this room is chosen with a purpose. And it's not because of who you are. It's not because you're good enough. It's not for any reason other than Jesus Christ has said, I have chosen you. Paul had no business being chosen by God. None. And so if you read Paul's letters, oftentimes he addresses his letters similarly, similarly to the way that he addresses this letter. He says, this is Paul. I'm Paul. And so in our letter to Timothy, every time when he says that, when he's literally saying, I'm chosen by God, this is a reminder to Timothy. He's saying, Timothy, I'm chosen. Paul's name is a reminder of the grace of God. Every single time someone reads that, we should be reminded, God chose a murderer. I wonder, friends, how many people in this room have discounted themselves from being qualified by God because of their past, because of what they've been through, because of what they've done. Some of us done stupid things last week. Some of us did stupid things last night. And we were, <laughs> we're in church for confessing our sins. And so the point I'm trying to make, friends, is so many people, and I talk to so many people, and they say, man, you don't know me because if you only knew a little bit about me, you would see how that disqualifies me from serving God. But I have a question for as messed up as the people in this room are, because you guys are all messed up. That's a good amen right there. You guys are all messed up. I'm messed up. Have any of you guys killed anyone? Don't answer that. I'm going to have to report to you. <laughs> I don't think so. And so what that means is you're already one step ahead of Paul. And you're one step ahead of one of the greatest disciples, one of the greatest apostles, the Apostle Paul. You're one step ahead. Friends, our background, our pedigree does not disqualify us from God using us, from God choosing us. And people say, if you only knew, friends, if you only knew me, you would be like, my gosh, that guy's a pastor. But God chose me, not because of me, but in, in spite, despite me. Despite who I am, despite who we are, God chooses us and God uses us. And get this, your resume is not going to be good enough when God comes calling. You're not going to be enough. It's like Jesus, you know what I did last week? But God chooses us regardless. There was a time in my life uh, when I worked at Cabela's. And if any of you guys know me, uh, that should make you laugh. <laughs> Cabela's is an outfitter's store. And so what that means is they have hunting gear, camping gear, outdoor gear, kill me. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm not an outdoorsman. I'm just not. If you guys have seen my dad, you'll know why. I just, I've, the farthest outdoors I go is like my backyard. To, and that's even, that's pushing it. And so you're wondering, how did I work at Cabela's? Well, there was a time in my life when my mom decided to apply to, for jobs for me. She's like, this guy's not going to apply. I got to get him out of the house. And so literally one day after school, I get in the car and I'm like, where are we going? And she's like, you got an interview with Cabela's. I'm like, what's Cabela's? And, she's, and she doesn't know either. 
She's like, I think it's like a clothing store. They sold clothing, all right, camouflage. And so we get, we get to, to the Cabela's. It's, it's a job fair interview. It's before the store actually opened. We get there. My mom drops me off. And as I get inside, I begin to see all these banners. And it's people hunting. It's people fishing. And I'm like, Lord, help me. Because I don't know a thing about any of these things. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm just going to be honest in this interview. I don't care if I get the job. It's Cabela's. And so we get into the interview, and they start asking me questions, and I'm just going to be honest. And so they're like, do you, do you like camping? I'm like, no. <laughs> they go, oh, that's fine. Do you like fishing? I was like, go fish. <laughs> like, what about hunting? I'm like, no, I, I don't hunt. And so like, okay, well, what, like, what's the most extreme outdoor activity that you do? And I'm like, well, I ride my bike. They're like, oh, you mountain bike? I'm like, no, like, in my crescent, like, out front and she's like oh and, and so literally they go through the list like do, do you like do you even like the outdoors no and I leave the interview I'm like I'm never hearing from them, from them again like three days later it's like hey we want a second interview I'm like oh okay and uh, second interview I did the same thing I'm just completely honest and by the end of it I got the job you're looking at one of the leaders of the camping department at Cabela's I've never camped in my life. We do motorhomes and air conditioning. Pitch a tent, come on. But I got the job, and uh, it's funny because I was not in any way qualified. I, my resume did not, should not have gotten me the job, yet I worked there. And it was a good time. Until it opened and I quit. <laughs> but the reason I tell you this story is because in the same way when God looks at your life, when God looks at you and he asks you questions, a lot of you guys, the answer is going to be similar to the answers that I, that I gave at Cabela's. And you're going to try to measure things up and you're going to say, man, I'm not good enough. I sin too much. I'm too old. I'm too young. God can't use me. But what I'm suggesting this morning is in the same way at Cabela's, I got the job. God is saying to you this morning, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I choose you. I choose you. If you look at Paul's story, Paul was literally on his way to go wreak havoc. And God pulls him over and says, Paul, I choose you. I choose you. And so Paul is writing this letter to a young man named Timothy, and I can't help but think that Timothy probably felt, and as a part of him, as a young pastor, I know what it's like, he felt like, man, I'm not good enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not seasoned enough. And so when Paul addresses his letter and he tells him, he says, Timothy, I'm chosen. You're chosen. And it's not because of who you are. It's not because of your resume, because your resume is not going to be enough. Friends, as a pastor, I'm not enough, but I'm here because God has chosen me. And that's all I need. I was with Mateos this week, the worship leader with the beautiful voice, my good friend. And we were talking to this girl, and we were talking about Kingdom Church. And she's like, oh, you're like the youth pastor? And I'm like, no, <laughs> senior. Because you see, when you look at me from the outside, it's like, man, this guy doesn't have it. He's too young. He's too inexperienced. And that was, I'll tell you guys, one of the biggest hang-ups for starting this church. I was like, I'm too young. I'm not experienced enough. 
But what God told me over and over again is like, it doesn't matter, I choose you. So go do it. Whatever excuse you have in your mind right now for why God can't use you, whatever you think disqualifies you from service, God is saying, I choose you. I paid for you with my own blood. I died for you, and that's enough. I choose you. And friends, when we are chosen, it gives us confidence. You guys ever heard like married people have more confidence, like married men? You know why? It's because someone chose them, and they know how sluggish they really are as a person. Right? Like... And so, like, I walk around with a little more swagger. My friend Josh is here. I married him last weekend. He's going to have a little more swagger now because he's married. Someone chose him. If you're attracted to married men, stop. But I'm telling you why you're attracted is because they have that confidence. They have that swagger. It's because someone chose them. And what I want you guys to see in your life as a people is that God chose you. And there's too many people walking around with their shoulders slouched and they feel like, man, I'm not good enough. Man, I don't have any worth. But God chose you and that's enough. That means you're worth everything. I tell girls all the time, I said, man, understand this. You are a princess and you don't deserve anything less than a prince. And they're like, man, that's fairy tale stuff, Harrison. No, it's because God chose you and the king chose you. And if the king chose you, that makes you a princess and you deserve nothing less. You see, when we understand that we're chosen, it changes, how we, it changes how we live our lives. Friends, God believes that there is something that you can do that no one else can do. There is something that only you can do. And you're like, nah, like someone, no. There is something that only you can do. There's no other person like you. No better you than the you that you are. If you guys heard that song before. Friends, one of the reasons that this church exists is we want to push people into the purpose that God has for your life. Like Kreja said in her announcement so eloquently, we don't want you just to come here and sit and leave and be like, ah, God has a purpose for your life. God chose you, and the reason he chose you is because he believes you're the best at something. He believes you're the best for something. You weren't picked because of your pedigree. Understand that. And move forward. Because what happens when we understand that we are chosen, when we accept it and we step into our calling, God begins to push us into our purpose. We are begin to be pushed into our purpose. In 2 Timothy, again, it says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And I have been sent out to tell others about the life that he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. So get this, God chooses you. Stand a little taller, have that swagger, but do something about it. God chose you for a purpose. He says to Paul, I choose you, I forgive you, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what you've been, where you've been, now go. He says, now go. And literally, immediately, God sends Paul out. He sends him out. And there's this dude in the book of Acts named Ananias, and he confirms it. He's like, yeah, Paul, God has called you. Now go. And look at this. It says, at once, Paul began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem? They're saying, isn't this the guy that was acting a fool? Isn't this the man? 
in Jerusalem among those who call on this very name. In other words, they're saying, isn't this the same guy that was persecuting people that were following Jesus? Now he's preaching Jesus. And he's come here? He's here? You see, friends, when God chooses you, he sends you out. And sometimes he sends you to the very place where you were acting a fool. He sends you back there. It's like, man, but when I was there, I didn't act how I should act. God's like, go. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And so Paul went back to the very place where he had done all those things, where he had persecuted Christians. And people couldn't believe it because it was a turnaround. There's someone in this room, when you start serving God, people aren't going to believe it. Like, isn't that the girl I saw last weekend at the... She's in... God sends you out because he chose you and he has a purpose for your life and there's something that you can do that no one else can do. And you may be sitting here thinking, how do I, thinking to yourself, how do I find out my purpose? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Growth track. What's growth track? Even my team asks me that sometimes. What's growth track? I'm like, where have you guys been all summer? Growth Track is a four-week program designed to push you into the purpose that God has for your life. You see, friends, understand this. All of us have a purpose in lock, locked inside of us, and not all of us can just pull it out. It's hard. Sometimes you don't know what you're good at. I talk to so many people. They're like, I'm not sure what I'm good at. I'm not sure where I can best be used. The purpose of Growth Track is to learn more about this church. Yes, learn more about Jesus. Yes, but it's designed so you can discover your God given potential and I got good news it starts today after service and so if there's anyone in this room you're like I, I, I want I, I want to go out I want to step out I want to be pushed into my purpose I'm here pushing you into your purpose I'm here to tell you God has a plan for your life and over these next four weeks we want to push that plan out of you and you may be saying to yourself well Harrison I'm only here two out of the next four weeks guess what we run growth track every single week, except if there's five weeks in a month. So what that means, you miss one week, come back next week, next month, and you can catch up. But the whole point, the whole purpose of it, friends, as a church, we don't want you to just be in the back row. We want to take people from the back row to the front row, from the sidelines into the game, because once you're in the game, you will begin to see your life in a new way. God designed you not just to sit. God didn't design you to be the water boy. God bless water boys. But in the context of church, that's no one's job to sit on the sidelines and do nothing. God has a plan. God has a purpose for your life. And I encourage you, after service, come out to Growth Track. Learn more about our church. Learn more about our vision, our mission, our values. We don't want you to leave this place not knowing what we're about. We're a church for people that don't go to church. That's our, that's our mission. And so if you're like, I, I kind of like that, come out. We want to put you into service. We want you to become a part of our team. Because get this, friends, the purpose of our team, in the same way that Paul had that purpose, he says, I've been sent out. I've been sent out to tell others about the faith of Christ Jesus. You see so many people are like, what's my purpose in life? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to go travel for six months and find myself. And... I'm going to tell you your purpose right now. You can travel for the rest of your life. You can go into as many relationships as you want for the rest of your life. Your purpose in this life is to tell others about Christ Jesus. 
And until you do that, you will never feel fulfilled. There's always gonna be a part of you asking yourself, there must be something more. There must be something more because God designed us to point back to him. Paul says, my purpose is to tell others about faith in Christ Jesus. If you join our team, I'm telling you, you will step in to your purpose. Every single person on our team is stepping into their purpose and they're telling people about Christ Jesus. How? You see the cards in front of you? Our team put those in there. And you're thinking to yourself, what a menial job that is. What difference does that make? Guess what? Every single card in there that our team puts in there, it's with the hope that at the end of service, someone will fill it out and make a decision for Christ. And they're saying, that's my, that's my, that's my small way of making a difference. If you guys are here around 9.30, you'll see people on the roof putting signs up. You'll see people on ladders putting signs up. And you're like, why would these people risk their lives for this? It's because they believe that someone's going to see that sign and they're going to think to themselves, hey, maybe I should go there. Maybe I should check out Kingdom Church. Friends, everything that we do, whether you're pushing a button on a computer, whether you're working lights, whether you're jamming up here, there's so many different areas of service. I haven't even began to talk about our kids' people because they are amazing. But what they are doing is they are stepping into their purpose, into their calling, and I tell you and I promise you, your life will be more full because of it. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do that disqualifies you from service. Nothing. You're saying, oh, nothing, nothing. Come to Growth Track. We want to plug you in. We want you to make a difference in the life of someone. That's why we live. That's why we're here. And friends, here's the beauty of it all. I'm closing. The beauty is when we step into our calling, we will begin to create a legacy. What a legacy is, what a legacy means, is leaving something behind that is far greater than you, that is far greater than anything you ever could do by yourself. You see, so many of us are living for today. It's like, man, if I can just get my Instagram followers up, like, what? No one's going to remember your Instagram in 10 years, how many followers you had. You see, God wants us to build bigger things. God wants us to build a legacy, something that will not end. And when we step into our calling, when we step into our purpose, we will begin to create a legacy. Get this. This is the whole, we're going to look more into this letter, but Paul says this. He says, I am writing this to Timothy. This letter is to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you peace, grace, and mercy. Timothy isn't his son, but Paul is more of that spiritual father. He's that person that's, that's looking out for Timothy. I don't know if you guys know this, but we need more spiritual fathers. We need more men, and this is a specific call to men. We need more men to step up in this church and say, I want to make a difference. Spiritual father. He's not Timothy's dad, but he was able to say, Timothy, my son. And he goes and he pours all this advice, he pours all this wisdom out into Timothy. And what Paul is doing, he's leaving behind his legacy. And so friends, I want to encourage you, every single one of you in this room, when you step into your calling, you will begin to start that legacy in your family, with your kids, but with people that you don't even know. And the purpose of all of this, the result of all of this is multiplication. Friends, I want Kingdom Church to be the biggest church in St. Albert. But get this, 
Because some people are like, man, like you want to be big? Why don't you reach people first? And there's, there's this, this, this idea that if you have lots of people, you're not reaching people. But understand this. We believe that there are 600,000 people in Edmonton and the surrounding area that don't know who Jesus is. What that means is there are 600,000 people that don't know why they exist on this earth. And so as a church, our purpose is to make a dent in that number. And how does that happen? It happens through multiplication. You see right now, I believe our team, we can reach hundreds of people and it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be amazing. But when the rest of us start stepping into our purpose, when the rest of us start saying yes to God, saying, yes, God, use me. I know I'm not good enough. I know I've messed up, but God, I want you to use me. When all of us can begin to do that, get this, this church will reach thousands of people. Thousands. That's people that did not know who Jesus was and don't know why they exist. I'll close with this story. Um, this summer, as we were leading up to, to launching this church, we went and visited a lot of churches. Uh, and on Father's Day, Christy and my dad um, went to, to church. You're like, where were your siblings? They're deadbeats and don't believe in coming out for Father's Day. My, my brother and sister weren't there. Bad joke. But it was Father's Day. And we went to this church. And uh, this church, it was, it was kind of predominantly like a lot of young people. And uh, there was an older lady who was at church. Then after church, uh, we got talking to her. And uh, she was talking to my dad, and I was there. And uh, she was saying, you know what? I came to this church. I came to the launch. And uh, it was really awesome. But I thought to myself, like, I'm not going to stay very long because it's, it's mostly young people, and it's not really my scene. Uh, but then she said, I came back again, and I came back again. And she's like, God spoke to me, and God told me that all these young people need someone. They need a spiritual mother. They need a spiritual mentor. And so she said, the reason I'm here, she's like, I want to just, I want to leave something behind. She's like, God has given me so much. She's like, I want to impart it onto these people. And I just want to encourage you because there's people here you think you're too old. There's people here you think you're too young. I'm too young, but I'm up here. I've messed up too many times, but here I am. Friends, God chooses you not based on your pedigree, but he chooses you because he chooses you. It's as simple as that. The Bible says again, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Christ didn't die for the perfect person. We've had this idea that church is about perfect people coming and serving a perfect God, but it's quite the opposite. It's imperfect people. It's messed up people, it's broken people, it's not good enough people. It's failed one too many times, married one too many times, messed up one too many times. That's the people that God chose. He could have said, I want perfect people, but guess what, the church would be empty and no one could speak. You're here for a reason. You didn't come here by accident. It's because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. If everyone could just stand to their feet, we're gonna close. We don't want anyone to leave this room without having the chance to connect, having the chance uh, to give their life to a God that chose you without merit, that chose you because he loves you more than anything. So if everyone in this room right now just could just close your eyes, we just want to give people the chance to respond to the love of Jesus. We want to give people the chance to give their life over to Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time thousands time, but we don't want anyone to leave here without saying, Jesus, my life is yours. 
So if that's you and you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus and I'm going to pray in a second and you're saying, Harrison, include me in that prayer. If that is you, when I count to three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to, to single you out. It's just to give you the chance to respond to the love of Jesus. The love that is so great, the love that sent his only son to die for you. If that's you, when I finish counting, if you could just raise your hand and then we're all going to pray together. In the count of three, just show me your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Keep your hands raised. We're going to pray all together. And this is a prayer. Just saying, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. So all of us are going to pray. Uh, just repeat after me. It's, it's super, super simple. Just say, dear Jesus. I need you, I need you, I need you. I give you my all. I give you my wins. And I give you my sins. Today, Lord, I pray that you make me a new creation. I accept you as my Lord and Savior the guide for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just clap our hands for everyone that gave their life to Jesus? Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or if you would like to check us out in person, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and you will find everything that you need. We can't wait to see you all. Take care.